episode 18, The Eight Pillars of Joy from the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu, Part 2. Hey, I'm Janelle Minow, and I'm obsessed with joy, fun, and helping you navigate this messy and magical thing called midlife. I'm a midlife plus woman who broke out of struggle, took a leap from my professional career, grew a successful business, found Mr. Right, and learned to love on purpose. I'm here to teach you the tried and true secrets to releasing what's keeping you stuck and struggling so you can build a joyful life you adore. Here we'll tackle the fun but sometimes hard things, money, business, career, relationships, health, purpose, love and loss are all topics we'll cover. So pull up a chair and welcome to the Joy, Self Mastery and Living a Limitless Life podcast. Hey there, welcome back. I hope you guys are having the best day ever. And if you are in the United States, I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. I actually, it didn't even seem like the 4th yesterday. We were traveling home from our home in California. We had some friends come stay with us up there and spent a little bit of time with some family. Did a few fireworks. The mosquitoes were so terrible, though we could hardly even be outside. But it was still a great time. And then last night, I was in bed before the firework ever even started. So hope your 4th of July was just great too. So last week, I introduced you to four pillars of joy that came out of a conversation between the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And I gave you my perspective on each of the pillars thoughts to consider, ideas to consider about what it is to live into those pillars and the importance of each of them and how they can lead you back to joy. I encourage you to take a deeper dive into embodying these pillars by applying them to your life circumstances. And if you did, I'd love to know how it went for you. You can share with me on Instagram and tag me if you do so that I don't miss it. But as for me, I did this embodiment exercise as well. And when I applied one of those pillars that I talked about last week, I felt an immediate shift. It's like it interrupted my brain. It interrupted my nervous system. And then I could kind of come back to where I wanted to be, come back to the acceptance, come back to the forgiveness, whatever it was I was practicing. And that's not to say that my brain didn't want to insert a few yeah, buts stories in there. But as I just let myself notice that, and then I would come back to that pillar. Yeah, buts in life are there because it's a way for your brain to jump in and try and save your life. But since you aren't in a life-threatening situation, you can just notice and move on. So today I'm going to share the next four pillars of joy from this conversation between the Archbishop and the Dalai Lama. And I, again, invite you to participate in the same exercise, the same practice, which is to apply these pillars in your life circumstances. 
And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I want you to go back and I want you to start there. So we are going to start with pillar number five today. And that pillar is forgiveness. So forgiveness, like acceptance, can feel like resignation. When we aren't willing to forgive, we can feel like we are punishing the other person or getting vengeance. We say things like, they don't deserve my forgiveness. But really, we are just punishing ourselves by holding on to the anger or the grief and wanting to punish. Holding on to conflict is our way of wanting the past to be different, wishing it could be different. And when we hang on to negative emotions like anger or grief and the desire for vengeance, we only hurt ourselves. And if we use those emotions to strike back and cause harm, then we just are in this continual cycle of retribution. We can never, ever let go of it. We don't allow ourselves to be free from the pain. We stay stuck in the past, and oftentimes this pain creates dis-ease or disease in our bodies. There's a lot of research that's connecting our emotional well-being to our health, and forgiveness is a big part of disease or lack of, right? When we forgive, we can let go. So forgiveness does not mean that we forget. And the Dalai Lama says not reacting with negativity or giving in to negative emotions does not mean that you don't respond to the acts or that you allow yourself to be harmed again. Justice can be sought. The perpetrator can be punished. Justice can be served without anger, without hatred, And once it is served, we must let it go. So there are times when there's that big of a situation that actually requires maybe a justice system. And then there's times when justice has to just be left to karma. So we can set up boundaries, personal boundaries, right? And boundaries are always for ourselves, not to punish the other person. But sometimes we have to Be with what is, accept what is, and let the rest be left to karma. We have to trust that it is going to be taken care of by the other person's karmic outcomes and let go. Until we forgive a person that has wronged us, we allow that person to hold power over us. They effectively control our emotions while going about their life unaffected. Forgiveness allows past hurts to stay in the past where they stop becoming an impediment to a joyful life. So let's start forgiving. Let's start thinking about somebody that how good would it feel to just let that go, to stop hanging on to the pain of that and thinking that we need to hang on to it because we're letting them off the hook. That's not the case. Forgiveness is for yourself. All right. Next one, pillar six is gratitude. I love this one. Gratitude is fundamental to joy. It quite literally gives us the power to generate our own happiness. Like we can get to happiness in any instance when we can find something to be grateful for. Gratitude allows us to shift our focus from lack and what we don't have to what we do have and what we love. 
It is counting blessings rather than counting burdens. Our brains have a natural negative bias that serves and protects us if we are in danger. But we have to remember most of what we think we need protection from is just our brain trying to make sure that our need for love, safety, and belonging are intact. And the brain wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be effective, aka do what is easy and familiar. And this is called the motivational triad. But we need to be conscious of this and aware of it when it's trying to protect us. And we don't really need that protection. Like if you're going for a big goal, right? We don't really need that protection. But we can be purposeful in our gratitude, okay? We can be grateful ahead of time, grateful for what is coming, what we believe is coming. We don't need to wait for it to be grateful. So sometimes gratitude can be hard to access, which is why I love the practice of having. I practice this nearly every day. And I did a podcast on having. It's episode 104. And the practice is to think about what you have. And I always start this practice with, I'm so happy and grateful I have. And then you can insert whatever it is that you're grateful for having in there. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Just like gratitude doesn't have to always be these great, big, huge things. It can be, I've been grateful for things like the shoes on my feet, my eyes to see with, my phone so that I can connect with others. Just anything. Just let it be easy. I'm sure you can see something in front of you right now that you are grateful that you have. Then the second step in this having process is to list why you love having that particular thing. And the final step is to step back and notice how having it makes you feel. And again, I go through this podcast or this process in that podcast. So go check it out. It's really powerful. It's actually one of the most downloaded podcasts I have on here. But our lives can be made joyful through the practice of having and through gratitude, and nothing has to change. We become joyful by the world and the people around us when we see through the eyes of gratitude versus finding ourselves filled with negativity. Step or pillar seven, compassion. A saying that is often attributed to the Buddha explains compassion well. What is that one thing which, when you possess it, you have all other virtues? That thing is compassion. Compassion is a sense of concern that arises when we see others suffer and want to see that suffering relieved. It incorporates understanding, empathy, and kindness. A large part of being compassionate is realizing that we are all human. We all experience highs and lows, failures and successes. We all have hard times and good times. We all make mistakes, have regrets and struggles. When we're compassionate towards others, then they are more apt to be compassionate towards us. That is not the reason to be compassionate, is to receive it but it definitely does reciprocate. And when that happens, the world is just a better place. We can become compassionate when we see another person's soul versus their acts or actions. 
when we ask ourselves, how have I been like that before? That creates understanding and compassion. The Dalai Lama puts it well when he says, when we think of alleviating other people's suffering, our own suffering is reduced. So truly, all of us want to contribute to helping others in some way. We all feel some kind of sense of purpose in serving in a way outside of ourselves. Compassion isn't just for others. I want you to think about this. It also should be extended to you, to the self as well. And it's often easier to have compassion for others and to be hard and not have that compassion for ourselves. Society measures us constantly, evaluates and judges us based on our achievements, our possessions, our lifestyles. And feeling not enough or unworthy often results when we fail to live up to those expectations, which are really a lot just in our own brain. We internalize them. And then we think, oh, we're not good enough. Oh, I could have been better. And we're on our own backs all the time. But when we're compassionate towards ourselves, when we have our own back and we recognize that we're human too, we stop self-judging. We find kindness and love for ourselves. And this is essential to joy. All right. The final pillar, the final pillar of these eight pillars is generosity. It can feel like giving to others takes away from us. But research shows that giving creates happiness. And I find this to be so true. When I am giving in a way that creates joy for others through time or through giving experiences, I feel true joy. It doesn't matter what you're giving or how great. What matters is that it is done from a place of truly desiring to make a difference versus guilt or ego. So for years, I wanted to give my family a trip to the Pacific Ocean. And last year, I did that. My husband and I rented an Airbnb, and then we went to the coast, and we had a really fun time. And this, to me, so much joy. Like, I can close my eyes and think back on this, and I feel the joy I felt. And so by giving them this experience... It gave back to me too. It almost brings tears to my eyes. Like I can feel my chest welling up with joy when I think about this. Because it wasn't just the fun we had. It wasn't just the connection we had. It wasn't just the things we got to experience together, the time together. It was watching my grandkids see things for the first time. It was... The excitement when they got to show us something. Like giving those experiences brought me so much joy. So to truly thrive and shine, generosity is a requirement. True joy requires a generous heart. Notice the feeling within you when you're generous. Our bodies respond in a positive way when we are giving, when we're generous. Generosity from a giving spirit creates harmony. And studies show that generosity not only creates more joy in life, but it creates less stress and a more meaningful, greater health, greater life, a healthier and stronger life, healthier and stronger relationships, and more connection. 
All right. So let's recap these eight pillars. Generosity, forgiveness, perspective, humility, humor, acceptance, gratitude, and compassion. All of these truly show that without connection to ourselves and to others, joy would not be possible. So take some time to apply these in your life, to start embodying them. When you're in a lower vibration like anger, judgment, frustration, anything like that, remember that these eight pillars will connect you back to joy. And the more you practice them, the more automatic it will become. The more you'll be able to just go to acceptance or to gratitude. Okay, so choose one each day and connect to it through the day and then just keep repeating back. Remember that true joy comes from within and choosing this pillars intentionally is a practice that comes from within you. Okay, your will, your willingness to embody these pillars, to apply this, to practice this comes from within yourself. It's part of change. So that's what I have for you today. Take these pillars and apply them to your life and you're going to be surprised what shifts. Tuning in and if you found this episode helpful or even if it just piqued your curiosity, please like and share it. It might be just what someone else needs to hear today. I'm over here celebrating you because you just finished another episode of the Joy, Self-Mastery, and Living a Limitless Life podcast. Thanks for listening. If you got value from this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review. We can help even more people just like you. Now, go out and live your limitless life.